for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. Uh, last year during the summer, uh, I did something that I normally don't do. I went camping overnight in a tent. Uh, now, most of you are thinking, you know, what's the big deal, right? Uh, but for me, that actually was a very big deal. You know, I grew up in the city. I never left the city. Uh, so for me, I never went camping. Uh, camping was for other people, for people who live in the countryside. And I had all these like uh, stereotypes about people who go camping. Uh, but last year, because of the pandemic and there was no other place to go, uh, my family and I, we finally decided, you know, let's get out of the house. Let's go camping. And that's exactly what we did. And actually, in the beginning, it was pretty good. Uh, we had a really good time, you know, fire, everything, outdoors. Uh, but there's one thing that I really hated about camping. It was the bugs. And most specifically, it was this one horse fly that just kept coming back and back and just biting me. I never knew that flies bite. Uh, in the city, flies don't bite. But out in the outdoors, uh, I learned that flies actually bite you. And it hurt so much. And it was just so annoying. And I just kept going back to the same spot. I uh, ended up wearing like these long jeans, even though I was outside. I tucked them inside my socks. I did everything that I can to just kind of get myself out of this situation with this fly. You know, today's passage, as I was reading it, it actually reminded me of that moment last year, uh, as we're talking about the plagues of the gnats and the flies. Uh, and I remembered, and I thought about this, and I remember two different things. Uh, number one, uh, that even something really small as a horsefly can cause a lot of pain and discomfort. And number two, uh, how helpless I actually was in that situation. You know, I'm huge, and there's this one little tiny fly, right? And there's nothing that I can do. And that one fly ended up ruining my experience of camp. I'm never going back, by the way. <laughs> so as we read this next passage, uh, let's look at the next two plagues. And we're going mean, to kind of recognize those things, that even something that's very small and tiny uh, can be a huge nuisance. And also, there's very little that we can do. At least on our own, there's very little that we can do. So let's think about those two things as we read today's passage together. Exodus chapter 8, verses 16 through 24. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground, and throughout the land of Egypt the dust will become gnats. They did this, and when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came on people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not, since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere. The magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him, This is what the Lord says. 
Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people, and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies, even the ground will be covered with them. But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined by the flies. Today we begin with the third plague, which is the plague of gnats. Uh, if you don't know what a gnat is, I think they're very tiny little insects, right? Uh, and they actually just come around, and I guess they're very, very annoying. Uh, it's actually the shortest account of all the different plagues that we see. And we see that Aaron, he strikes his staff, and we see the dust coming out from the ground. So I just want to picture that, right? The dust is coming from the ground, and all this dust it ends up turning into gnats and just, just flying all over the place. And now this plague was a little bit different from the first two plagues because this was the first time that the Egyptian magicians were unable to replicate it. Uh, the first two, the blood into water, or water into blood, I guess, and then the frogs out of the Nile, uh, you know, the Egyptian magicians were able to replicate that. Uh, but this one, they were not able to do so. And because they were unable to do so, they looked at what was happening and they actually said out loud, this is the finger of God that this was done by God. Uh, even they recognized the true power of God. And yet after all of this, we see right afterwards Pharaoh saying that his heart was hard and he would not listen, just as the Lord has said. You know, in stories like this, I think it's very easy for us uh, to be sympathetic and just be able to align ourselves with the Israelites. You know, we are the Israelites. We are being persecuted. Terrible things are happening to us. Or even, you know, aligning ourselves with Moses. Like, yeah, we're the hero in this story. We're the protagonist. Uh, but oftentimes, more than the, you know, the true heroes of the story, uh, it's easier or it's more accurate for us to think of ourselves as the enemy or the bad guy in the story. That oftentimes, when we are not listening to God, our hearts are closer to Pharaoh's heart than to the heart of the Israelites or to the heart of Moses. When our hearts are hardened, it helps us, it hurts us because we don't recognize what God's will is. Uh, instead of, you know, watching for it, instead of seeking it, we end up hearing it and just totally ignoring it, just like Pharaoh did. You know, we choose our own way, even though we see God's power literally right in front of us. Uh, we're about a month removed from Easter, and during the period of Lent, our church, uh, we did something really fun. Uh, we had a reading plan for everyone, like a Bible reading plan uh, during the time of Lent. Our children's ministry, we had 40 days, right? 40 days during Lent. Uh, I made them read the Gospels, the four Gospels, every day a little bit, little bit, and they ended up finishing Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, these four Gospels. Uh, for our KM, right? KM is a little hardcore. Uh, they did 90 days of reading, not only 40, but 50 days ahead of that. And they read the whole Bible, New Testament and Old Testament, uh, in those 90 days, right? KM, crazy ministry. Uh, for the EM, which I lead, uh, we're you know, a little bit more elegant ministry, a little bit easier ministry. Uh, we did 40 days of reading just the New Testament. Uh, we're going to read the Old Testament later on, but uh, just the New Testament. 
And I realized, I was talking to the people during this period, right? I heard from a lot of different people, and they were saying how uh, uh, it was really great to be able to read the Bible. They said in the beginning, a lot of them felt like a chore, right? Oh, man, I have to do it because Pastor Stephen told me to do it or other people are doing it. Uh, but eventually, they start really enjoying the stories, uh, reading stuff that they've never seen before. Uh, but every one of them, almost every one of them, when I spoke to them, they said, you know, eventually, the word came alive very differently than they imagined. Uh, that after a while of just looking at these stories, they were no longer just stories or history. Uh, instead, they started looking at themselves and seeing the word reflected in their own lives and having their own sins just being revealed and having their own thoughts and all of these things just coming out uh, the longer and the more they read the Bible. And because of that, they were just so happy and joyful and grateful uh, to be able to read this. And you know, thinking about that, right, I was thinking about how the gnats sometimes come into our own lives. Uh, we see somehow these problems or we see all of these things just swarm into our lives, right? And other people are saying, you know what, that's the finger of God or this is what God is telling you to do. Uh, but instead of reacting in that way, we just kind of ignore it. We say, no, that's not God. That's not what God wants me to do. And we choose to ignore it, just like the Egyptians or just like Pharaoh had done. And I pray that everyone here today, as we're continuing our Living Life series, as we continue our series on the plagues, that our hearts become softer and softer and softer, uh, that we're not like Pharaoh, but instead we soften our hearts in response to the word and be able to truly seek God and be able to follow in his way and most importantly, be able to respond humbly when we are able to see what God wants in our lives. Afterwards, it takes us to the fourth plague, the plague of flies. And once again, this plague is a little bit different from the previous ones because firstly, uh, it was spoken by God. The other ones, there was like a staff related, right? But this one was spoken by God, which is pretty amazing. And God tells us two different things in today's passage. He says, number one, that they will know that I am God. Through this plague, everybody will know that I am God. And secondly, he says, there will be a distinction between my people and your people. Now, this was a message to everyone. You know, God was showing this to the Israelites, to Moses, but also to the Egyptians. And he's telling us this message as well, that there is going to be a distinction between my people and your people. That God is asking us a question today. He's saying, to whom do you belong? Who do you belong to? Do you belong to me or do you belong out there to the world? You know, God's saying us, I have shown you my power. I am showing you a sign. So now I'm going to ask you the question, to whom do you belong? You know, God has already shown us a sign throughout the Bible. You know, for the Israelites and for the Egyptians, the sign was very simple. It was the plagues, these flies that were coming out, right? This was meant to be a sign. But it was also a promise of what was to come that the people, they will receive salvation, at least the Israelites, right? If you belong to God, you will receive salvation, you will be saved. Uh, but for us, the sign is a little bit different. We have the word of God, we read about the plagues, but God has given us even a greater sign than any of these. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. God gave us the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, and also his death and his resurrection. God is saying, this is my sign. This is a sign of all that is to come. This is a sign of my promise. Now I'm asking you, to whom do you belong? And I pray that everyone here today, 
as we meditate on these words, as we meditate on these plagues, that we know who we belong to, that we don't belong to the world. We're not on the other side. But when God asks us, when he makes that distinction between my people and your people, that we know exactly where to stand. And I pray that everyone here today, especially today, uh, even though there's no word Jesus in today's passage, that we remember the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and remember it as a special sign and promise from God and that we are able to stand on the right side with him. What I find the plagues are doing as I go through them is that it's demanding a decision from us, or a decision from me. With each judgment, with each plague, there's a question. Is it Pharaoh or is it God? And it's not a question about who's more powerful because, you know, Pharaoh is just a man. He's nothing. And God is obviously God. But it's a question asking, you know, whose word are you going to follow? Are you going to follow Pharaoh's word or are you going to follow the word of God? Are you going to follow the world's word or are you going to follow the word of God. I pray that after every time that we go through these plagues, that each time that we answer yes to God, that we go farther away from the world, farther away from Pharaoh, and we have our hearts softened and we're able to follow the word of God every day and let it be able to be represented in the very lives that we lead. Let us all pray together. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you so much for giving us your word and just showing us your amazing power, your amazing presence in our lives, uh, but also your love and your promise. Uh, we pray that as we meditate on these words today, uh, that we allow it to just reveal all the, uh, the times that we uh, chose the world, the times that our hearts are hardened, and be able to respond, Lord, uh, by surrendering ourselves to you and you only. Uh, let us go farther away from the world and let us be closer to you and let us with one voice be able to proclaim that we belong to you and no other. Uh, Lord, we thank you and we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing in prosa, sing